0: Hey, on this week's episode of the Called Bank Podcast, we're going to be taking a look at the first half of the Jazz's schedule that was released yesterday by the NBA, as well as going into the John Wall-Russell Westbrook trade and giving our thoughts on that. At the end, we're going to talk about how we personally value championships, talking about the homegrown versus the um, superstar kind of meld together via free agency. So please drop a like, subscribe, and look in the comments. to another episode of Called Bank. This is Nathan Mortenson here with Dale Harper, and this is our first video podcast. We're hoping to get these going every week, so please just smash that like button and subscribe. Um, it really helps just get us some traction. We, we're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers by the end of the upcoming NBA season, so that's our goal, and if you guys can help us get there, that would be awesome. So this week um we got the new NBA schedule. So I'm super stoked about that. We're taking a look at it. Opening night is Wednesday, December sorry, Tuesday, December 22nd, and the Jazz will be opening Wednesday, December 23rd. They'll be traveling to Portland to take on Dame Lillard, um CJ McCollum. They were able to get call Carmelo Anthony for another year. Um and it'll be a super interesting game. I think that that's going to be kind of you know, the mid tier of the Western Conference this season. You're going to have Portland and the Jazz fighting for that three, four, five seed, depending on where the Rockets go. Um, they made a big move this week. Um, whether or not it's a good move trading for John Wall and getting a first round pick. Um, they sent Russell Westbrook off to the Washington Wizards. So overall, just super exciting week in the NBA. Um, what have been your thoughts so far, Dale?
1: Yeah, the we can spend more time on the John Wall trade later, but I want to start out and just kind of build a little bit of hype for this season opener for the Jazz with the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, last episode, we talked a lot about how <clears throat> Donovan Mitchell kind of has a chip on his sh- shoulder, how uh, Utah Jazz fans kind of feel like they've been, they haven't been treated like a, like a grade A franchise, which we have been for a long time. And I feel like this team has kind of adopted that attitude that they want to go and show the league what they can do, and we we said that this roster has the best chance to make the Western Conference Finals out of any roster since we last made the Western Conference Finals. The interesting thing about the season opener, though, is I feel like the Trailblazers have a very similar attitude, and I know this is just one game in the season, so it's not going like, to it's not the biggest deal in the world. But I'm really intrigued by it because you have a established an established superstar in Damian Lillard, and then you have a past his prime Carmelo Anthony, who neither of them have won a championship. Both of them are fighting for it, and so they and Portland they haven't won a championship since what was it like the '70s? So I, I may be wrong there, but it's been a long time since they were a a real contending team, and I know Damian Lillard. He's super confident in his ability and his teammates ability. So I feel that's that's kind of a similar attitude to the Utah Jazz. So I'm intrigued to see how that comes, how that game is played. And I'm guessing that's going to be one of the more interesting games in the first week of the NBA.
0: They won in 1977. So you're right on track there. I definitely agree with you that this is going to be just a really intriguing opening matchup. You have the fact that Portland really struggled defensively last year and they were able to sneak into the playoffs at the eighth seed because of the play-in system that was set up for the bubble and that will kind of be mirrored this season as well. But I really don't think that anyone thinks they're an eighth seed because obviously they didn't have Nurkic for pretty much all of last season after his gruesome leg injury. So him coming in. Um, just having a big in general typically helps with defense. And obviously they didn't have that much length in the center, which definitely opens up the paint a lot. So looking at that, I think they're going to improve defensively. They also got Robert Covington, who not only is great on the um, offensive end, but he can be a lockdown defender, not the best in the league, but definitely an upgrade. Um, and so looking at that, I think you're going to see um, just a lot more defense to match the offense that no one questions that Portland can put up there. And the jazz last year um, became one of the better offensive teams in the league. Once they got um, Jordan Clarkson and thankfully they've signed him again. So I think the offenses are going to be on par. Um, Obviously no one in the league really competes with Dame Lillard, except for maybe Steph Curry when he's healthy and um, Trey young here in the future, but being able to, have that defensive just matchup to see if the jazz are able to show their dominance. Like I think they'll be able to. And then offensively, as long as the starters go toe to toe, I think the bench is going to go in the favor of the jazz and that will lead to the win. I think the bench is going because of its improvement with Derek favors and how that just improves everyone around him. You're going to see the bench not losing games. Like you've seen the bench lose games in the past.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's probably the biggest difference between the teams in their offseason moves is um, Portland just kind of got healthier and they brought in Robert Covington, which is huge. Um, but the Jazz really added depth, and so uh, when those those twenty bench minutes are played, that that can make a big difference. But something interesting. So the NBA they only released the first half of the schedule, and I've, I'm guessing that's because they are hoping that they can go to a more normal schedule by um, the end by halfway through the season. But so they released the first half and this is a really interesting schedule because obviously um, fans will be limited. So home court advantage won't be as big of a deal. And you're seeing on all teams that teams are having really long road stretches and really long home stands, And so, uh, I'm guessing that the NBA is doing that to reduce frequency of travel for some teams. Obviously, like when you're on the road, you're traveling a lot more than other times, but at least giving you a time to stay home for two weeks. And I'm curious to see if, like, how that will impact things. Obviously, the schedule, I don't think, is it's not as big of a deal in basketball or in the NBA as it would be in, like, the NFL, where you only have 16 games and. What if you have to play the Chiefs, the Saints, and and then your schedule is just hard? But like in the NBA, for the most part, every team has similar difficulty of schedule. So we have to look into more nuanced things like what teams do they play at home and when do they play them? Is it at the beginning of the season, the end of the season? Um, where are the back-to-backs and how many do they have? Are they like front-loaded or back-loaded? So um, you have to look into these smaller things in the NBA to see how it's going to turn out and obviously that made a difference to the jazz last season before the bubble when at times they had kind of a rough stretch of games and they had uh, losing streaks that kind of got us all scared but then other times they had pretty easy games and that's when they went on their what was it like a 12 game winning streak and they had a couple hard ones in there but they they pulled through so that was awesome but i'm interested to see if that makes any real differences and if home versus road games will have a large discrepancy in, um win percentage overall in the NBA this year.
0: Yeah, what I'm interested to see, and I'm honestly shocked that they're not doing more of, but it could be because the Jazz just are going to play only three games against the Clippers and then not see them anymore for the rest of the season. But the where they have the back-to-back, um, not a back-to-back, I guess, but where they have more of a baseball style of schedule where Tuesday, January 19th and Thursday, January 21st, the Jazz are going to be playing NOLA at home, um, two different games. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how they handle that. Um, just because adjustments are going to be something that they're able to make a lot easier and you're not going to see a lot of changes barring someone being injured or barring someone resting for some reason, which I personally don't see a reason why you'd be resting um, players in that scenario for load management, just because they get to sleep in the same bed two, three nights in a row. Like it looks like it's going to be a much better, um, setup than, you know, maybe playing New Orleans, having New Orleans come to Utah and then flying them to Denver for the game in the next day. So I honestly thought you'd see more of that this season than you are just with COVID. Um, the Jazz have New Orleans playing here back-to-back, then New York comes, and then they have Dallas in a, um two times in a row. And the only time that I can see that they'll be doing it is going to Los Angeles and playing the, um, the Clippers twice in a row. So I think it'll be really interesting. I think that that will kind of almost give you more of a playoff feel in the sense that if it comes out the first night and it's a close game and then the second night, it's an absolute blowout you can probably tell who's the better team in that um, scenario and who would have a bit more of a leg up in a playoff series just based on adjustments and being able to target one team specifically.
1: Yeah, and uh, like obviously the making of the schedule is complicated because you're having to deal with 30 different schedules and having them all line up perfectly. But I I was kind of interested that I feel like there's almost less back to backs and I would imagine in a shortened amount of time for a season that and in times where you're playing, like you said, two games in New Orleans right back to back, even though they're not back to back days, the NDA would go for that. But I don't maybe they had some sort of logistical issue. Maybe they were saying they didn't have enough time to do back to backs in the same stadium if you were trying to sanitize everything properly. Um so but that is a good point. Maybe we might not see load management as much because of stuff like that, even though it is a more condensed season. Uh, that could be an interesting thing to think about because you, you stay in the same spot for a little longer and you're not on the road as often.
0: Yeah, uh, I have seen the Jazz have a few back-to-backs, um, the hardest of which is probably going to be Atlanta and then going to Charlotte. Um, maybe Miami and then going to Orlando will be rough. They do have, um, a Brooklyn, New York back to back. I'm not sure if it's in that order, but that back to back shouldn't be that hard. I'm sure they'll just be in the same hotel, just going to a different arena. So overall, um, I think that I counted four back to backs, um, on the road. Four back to backs and some of them are at home. And obviously a back to back at home is a lot simpler than a back to back on the road. And I sure I'm sure you'd be a lot more confident in that as a friend, as a team going into the game at home, just due to the lack of travel and like knowing what you're getting yourself into. And um rather than having to get on a bus and possibly go to another hotel or get on another plane.
1: Yeah. Um But yeah, I'm excited for the season to start. It's closer than I thought it was, even though I know when you get to December, it's kind of that countdown to Christmas and Christmas feels forever away until it surprises you. And the game is just a couple days before Christmas. But um, I think there's probably not going to be a ton of jazz news until that first game. So um, we're going to be here building hype and digging deeper into that uh, those first couple games and. Uh, and, tw- and and in 2020 until we get to the 2021 games um for the next couple of weeks since we have a little bit of time to analyze that but in the meantime around the Nba other teams are still making moves trying to finalize their roster i feel like the jazz for the most part have their roster finalized they might make a couple smaller moves towards the end of the bench but Nate you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, the John Wall for Russell Westbrook trade. And I'm sure everyone who's listening has heard about it and has their own opinion about it, but i like to add our two cents. And so the the trade was the Rockets traded Russell Westbrook to the Wizards. The Wizards traded John Wall and a first-rounder to the Rockets. And initially, I didn't like it, but I've been digging in deeper, like trying to see what was going on behind the scenes and how it might work. And so I'm a little undecided, but uh, what, what are your thoughts on this, Nate?
0: At this point, I'm just wondering why you got rid of Chris Paul. Like you had to send Chris Paul and five first round draft picks, I think, to Oklahoma City to pick up Russell Westbrook in the first place. And now you're going out and trading Russell Westbrook for John Wall, which I think if John Wall is healthy is an upgrade. I just don't think it's an upgrade over Chris Paul. So I understand that chemistry is a real thing and that you need to like be able to have a good relationship with the players on the court to make things work out. But I don't think anyone's going to argue that Chris Paul, especially with what he showed last season, is a better player than John Wall. And John Wall's coming off an Achilles injury. And so that's really going to like make it hard just for him to be the athletic player that he likes to play as. And his three-point shootings, honestly, kind of lackluster. So... Overall, you got a first-round draft pick back that's heavily protected, which really stinks and eventually is just going to turn into two second-round draft picks. So, I mean, if the Wizards keep, like, barely making the playoffs, I'm not sure – or, sorry, if the Wizards keep not making the playoffs, you're not going to see that pick for a while. And overall, it was a good move to get rid of Westbrook. And so I think the Rockets are going to be a better team overall. It just really kind of shows that I think keeping Chris Paul um, was the better decision and never trading for Westbrook since the team wasn't any better with Westbrook than they were with Chris Paul. And I don't think there's really a debate for that. Um, Just they both need the ball and Chris Paul was able to be better off the ball um, and work with Harden a lot better just game to game wise. Relationship wise, that's up to interpretation and debate and obviously One of them didn't want to be there, but that's my two cents on it. I just think overall, Rockets are just moving towards tanking eventually or just a rebuild. And this is just a step on the path.
1: Yeah, I think looking at the whole Rocket situation from the Chris Paul trade to now acquiring John Wall. um, So well, I guess to start off with the John Wall trade, I feel like for immediate, that is the best move for them. Uh, Because the Rockets, their main goal is to prove to James Harden that they can be contenders. And if they get James Harden to buy in, then they can actually be contenders depending on the health of other players. Um, And so I think that's why they made that move. They had to trade Westbrook. He requested a trade. So it's not like they could hold on to him for much longer. Because the longer you hold on to a player who has requested a trade, their value just starts to tank. And so then you don't get as much back. And Westbrook was already a questionable pickup for a lot of teams because of his contract. Um, But with the trade with John Wall, you're picking up a player with a similar contract. Um, It's about the same amount of money for, I think it's the same amount of time. So as far as cap space goes, you're in the same position and you get to pick up a first rounder. But. You mentioned like the, the chemistry issues between Chris Paul and James Harden. So I'm wondering if it would have been better for the Rockets instead of trading Chris Paul to trade James Harden. I know this is kind of a hot take and that was in no one's mind at the time. But if you have a player like Chris Paul and James Harden, they're both like they want it their way kind of players, right? Uh, I feel like James Harden was he's was kind of frustrated with the way the Rockets were playing and I feel like he put too much of that on his sidekick and Chris Paul I guess you'd call him a sidekick because um, he's a little older he wasn't contributing quite as much and so it kind of forced the Rockets to trade Chris Paul and give up more than they wanted to for Westbrook and then it Westbrook and Harden, they didn't really fit together. I don't know if it was chemistry issues or playstyle issues. It might have been a little bit of both towards the end. And that made Westbrook not want to stay. And so what I'm seeing is Harden kind of wants to see things go his way. And the Rockets are trying to make it work with the pieces that they have. And they, they just have to keep flipping assets and getting less in return for them. So I think in the long term... Maybe the Rockets, if they considered trading James Harden back then, keeping Chris Paul and putting more pieces around Paul, maybe they would have been more successful, at least um, until Paul started declining, which he hasn't done much yet. Um, But as far as looking into the future for next season, the most intriguing part is obviously the health, because they just signed DeMarcus Cousins. They traded for John Wall. They, were, they played together in high school and college. They're good friends, but they both have injury issues. And I think if they could stay healthy and James Harden can buy in, that's going to be a really interesting team to watch. But I don't know if they're going to be a real contender in the West, right? So um, I don't know. What, what do you think about the roster if it's healthy, though?
0: I mean, I think overall it's good. Um, They went out and they got some centers or people over six, eight, whatever you want to call (laughs) them. Um, So they have a slightly bigger roster and it looks like they're moving away from small ball, which I mean is great. And I feel like had you had not Russell Westbrook, maybe it would have worked out better. I think overall, just statistically, when you look at it, most of the time, Russell Westbrook takes away from other players on the court. So he can go out there and have an amazing game and put up a triple double and like look stellar. But if that's stopping, but if you're taking so many resources and need the ball that much to be able to put up those numbers, even with those double digit assists, just overall, he's shown not to like be a contributor. And so he had that MVP season. That was an amazing season. I'm not going to debate. And you can say that season he was a contributor, but he just went downhill since. His style of play just doesn't work in today's NBA. Maybe it would have worked in the past, but when he's not able to put up that three ball, overall, it just really hurts his plus minus. And the Rockets were minus um, overall on the court with him last year. So looking at it, I just think Russell Westbrook's done in the NBA. And maybe there's just going to be enough desperation from teams to um like get him and say, we'll make a push with him. But I don't know if you're going to see big-name, um, big-market programs go after him, unless you're counting the Knicks. Because <laughs> whenever you bring up any mention of a trade or any mention of a signing, the Knicks always get in there, even though for the past 20, 25 years, unless you count an injured Derrick Rose, (laughs) nothing has happened in New York. And I don't think anything's going to happen in New York until they draft someone who's just absolutely off the wall. And obviously they keep missing on the draft as well. So overall, just not a big fan of Westbrook just because the trade involves him. And I just, like I said, I think the Rockets are are on their way out. Um, I'm interested to see where James Harden ends up because while he definitely loves being in Houston, he's going to go somewhere else and he wants to go to Houston. Sorry. He wants to go to Brooklyn. That was kind of the rumor. I don't know if you end up making a Kyrie Irving swap and give give Irving the boot out before he really even gets to play a whole season, which I would do. Frankly, James Harden's a better player than Kyrie Irving um, overall. So Looking at that, the Rockets might make that deal and then try to make an Irving Wall core work. But if you're trying to trade assets and bench players for Harden, I don't think that's going to work out on Brooklyn's end. And I think that's going to set them up for um, a, really rough se- a really rough future. So hopefully they can win a championship if they do set themselves up for that type of future. Kind of like the Clippers have no first round picks. So if they don't win now, they're not winning for a while.
1: Yeah, and I'm gonna backpedal a little bit because you mentioned something that I hadn't thought about before, and I thought it was interesting. Because with Westbrook, I feel like everyone talks about right now. He's kind of that um, kind of a win now piece that people are acquiring, but they they always kind of count him out, saying he's just not going to be that kind of best player or even second best player on a championship team. And I think it's interesting to watch how. Superstars leave the league, Um, and so, like normally, you get players like like Carmelo Anthony, where they're great for a while, and then they just kind of they're not quite as big of a difference maker. So then they settle for smaller contracts and either play as a third or fourth scorer in the starting lineup or come off the bench. Um, I can't see Westbrook ever really taking like. A massive pay cut like carmelo has i know carmelo got paid with his new contract a lot more than he was getting paid in the past but westbrook's the kind of guy where he said one of his main reasons he wanted to leave houston was he wanted to be the primary ball handler again and so i can see westbrook bouncing around from team to team like teams like the wizards that the fan base is just desperate to get in the playoffs again And you get Russell Westbrook and your chances of making the playoffs are definitely better because he brings a lot more than most players can. But if you're a contending team, like you mentioned with, like if you're the Lakers or even someone like the Trailblazers, where in their eyes, they're, they're they're trying to make a deep run in the playoffs. And I think they can. But if you're teams like those, you're not going to be picking up Russell Westbrook. So I feel like for the rest of his career... He's going to be getting paid pretty well I would imagine but he's going to be the main feature on small market teams that don't really have a future and they're just trying to sell some tickets and have a get close to or like make it seven or 8th eighth, eighth seed so that they can sell some playoff tickets as well so I kind of feel that that's going to be Russell Westbrooks that's his role in the league now. He's fun to watch. He's still an amazing player, but he's not the type of player that is going to lead a team to a championship.
0: Yeah, if he wants to get that chip, he's going to have to do what Dwight Howard did, what Rajon Rondo did, you know, um, what Boogie Cousins has tried to do, like go on a veterans minimum and play on a team like the Lakers with LeBron or on the Clippers and just go there and be a piece. And the question is, like what players are going to do that since Obviously Dwight Howard's been an amazing player um, and Carmelo Anthony. They've been great players in the league at certain points, but I wonder if there's just kind of a different level of star where you have the superstars who get their championships. Then you have the superstars who don't get their championships. And then you have the superstars who fall off and then go and um, be a backup piece to get their championships and kind of which, which is better to be a superstar like Chris Paul, who's never going to have got a championship, but um going to have been like one of the better players in the league and going to make the hall of fame or to kind of stoop a bit lower. And by no means do I want to insult them since like it's a business decision and go and just kind of be a backup piece to get that ring since it's obviously not as special, but I mean, if you're with players you want to be with, I mean, like, and you're having fun, you're getting a ring. Are we going to see, Chris Paul here, when his contract expires, go and play in Los Angeles with, um, with LeBron. Like, is that going to be something that happens or are we going to see him just go out on his own terms? And I'm not sure, like millions of dollars is hard to say no to. Like, I think I'd rather have a hundred million dollars than an NBA championship ring, but some of these players have a hundred million dollars and don't have the ring. So they're willing to chase it
1: yeah i think that's an interesting point um if if you ever watched the jj reddick podcast i think that's kind of an interesting one to get an insight into obviously jj he's not a superstar but he's been a great player in the league for a long time and like not all-star status but he's since he's such a good shooter he's been on good teams for a while and so it's interesting to see uh like have him talk with other NBA players or coaches and just kind of like his podcast with Steve Nash is interesting because they talk about the mindset of an aging NBA player. And it's like, first off they have the love of the game and they want to keep playing, but then they don't know how long they can keep playing. Uh, Second off, they know that they, they're only going to be in the league so long. So they need to make their money But at the same time, they also want a ring if they don't have one yet. And so it's like, because that's a goal of almost every NBA player coming into the league, I would imagine. And so it's kind of when you're that player and people know your value, but they also know you're not around longer. Like, it's interesting because you have so many different options. Like, I'm sure JJ could have signed with the Lakers for like um, one to two million and won a championship. or. He could have gone with um, the Pelicans, which he chose to when he was a free agent, and make quite a bit more. And so it's interesting to kind of go through that mindset because it's not just um, they're like different players have different motivations with their reputation or their future. And when you get older, as you get older, your um, mindset and like perspective kind of changes on life, and so they act a lot differently than they did back when they were. We're twenty two and young in the league.
0: So do you value um LeBron James or um, Dwayne Wade's or um Steph Curry's Clay Thompson's championships different than you ba- than you value um Dwight Howard's? Um, and I can't remember if Buggy ever got one with the Warriors or if he was just there at the wrong time. Do you value those differently? Um like when you're looking
1: at an nba player's career um like when you're making arguments for where they are in the list of greatness um if if that's what you're talking about as far as value i'd say yeah um because obviously if you're dwight howard and dwight howard he took his team to a finals which is back in orlando which is um that's something to consider and they were competitive even though they lost in five. Two of those games came down to the wire. Um, but you, if you're Dwight Howard making veterans minimum and you're definitely not and you're on a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, that's a lot different than being Clay Thompson being one of the best defenders in the league, um, one of the best three-point shooters ever who... If who, when he was injured in the finals, everyone knew his team wasn't going to win. And so I think that's a little different. Another question is, do you value, like, for example, if you have a player like, like players like Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, who team up, or LeBron James, joined Wade, or even Kevin Durant, who went to the Warriors, do you value their championships as much as you would someone like like a Dirk Nowitzki who was on a contending team forever and then wins one or there's other players like that like if Jokic wins one and he just kind of stays with his team and his team builds it or like the Warriors for the first few where they built it organically rather than just stockpiling superstars until and then they got Kevin Durant so that kind of changed like are those championships different in your mind or do you think it really matters
0: Organic championships are always better in my mind. Um, When you talk about building like the super teams, when LeBron James like goes to Miami, I do value that a bit less, but not as low as when I value um, Kevin Durant's championships. Like he's one of the better players in the league, but when you go as an MVP or former MVP, um, obviously he wasn't one that season to the former champion, like to the, team that's trying to run it back. I don't necessarily think that he like won those. He definitely like helped them win it and helped them be the odds on favorite. Just like, why would you ever bet against them? Unless of course everyone gets hurt and Toronto and then Toronto wins. But, um, yeah, I definitely do kind of, there's a tier list. I respect players and I totally get that. Like it's business decisions. Like if, um, Steve jobs at one point and Bill Gates decided to team up and make a company like that's a great business decision. Is it maybe I'm so when I look at it from a sports perspective, it's a great business decision. Had Steve jobs decided to bail on Microsoft and go to Apple, which I'm going to say is pretty much what Kevin Durant did. Like that's not (laughs) a great business decision. That's just trying to get some quick cash. So I do value them differently. Organic is by far my favorite to see, and maybe if I was a team that had LeBron, maybe if the Jazz had LeBron James and Kevin Durant and um, Damian Lillard and James Harden like lining up in Salt Lake saying, we want to come here, I'd feel differently about that. But that's kind of where I stand, and I'm sure a lot of it has to do with being a Jazz fan.
1: Yeah, Um, I I agree. I I feel like the Warriors with Kevin Durant was a little unique because you take their best player off the team in Kevin Durant and they're still the favorites to win the championship. So I'm like I felt like that was a little unfair, but it happened. Um and I don't I don't blame anyone for making the decision obviously like if you can still get paid max money and win championships, why not if you're Kevin Durant? And if you are if the Warriors and you have the money to sign Kevin Durant and keep your core, like you better at least try to do it. So
0: and that's it looks how it like works and it looks like they might be able to um still run it back and come back and be a dynasty depending on how clay comes back and what happens there and the fact that they have possibly you know the future star center in the league in Weissman so it overall it's really exciting i don't want to have to wait another what 217 days but we'll manage somehow
1: yeah but that's been an episode thank you for tuning in um don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel we're really shooting for that a thousand subscribers by the end of the season so help us out if you like our content please share it with other jazz fans also before you leave leave in the comments whether you value like a dwight howard championship more than a lebron james dirk Nowitzki, steph curry championship like how do you rank that tier list? Uh, let us know, and we can we can start talking about that down in the comment sections. Thanks for tuning in.